Welcome to Talk Therapy CBT, a conversation about educating, helping, and connecting individuals to the world of psychology. This podcast is supported and produced by Inner Balance Psychology Center. I would also like to thank our sponsor, Dr. Alba Raffaella, psychologist and author of Breaking the Mirror, a story and guide on how to recognize and deal with narcissists, available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. I'm your host, Dr. Don Raffa, and join with me today is my co-host, Anthony Dana. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. Happy Father's Day. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Today, we're going to talk about healthy relationships and, more importantly, what to look for. I like to look at this in a different way. A lot of people want to look this up when they're already in a relationship and they're trying to save it or you know, they look at it and they realize, oh man, it's not, this isn't what I thought, or this isn't how it began and what happened, what went wrong, instead of going into it with, and again, I think a lot of people are guilty of this. I know I'm guilty of it when, you know, you, you learn from your mistakes and uh, you learn from relationships that don't go well because you learn more about other people. And, you, and more importantly, I think, you know, you learn about yourself. I think we're always learning about ourselves, right? So I just thought this would be this would be a good topic where we can look at what we need to or what people need to think about as what's important in, in having a relationship when they get started and building the foundations, so to speak. So I mentioned in our previous podcast, we did one in a part one about couples therapy. And I had mentioned about oftentimes people come to therapy when it's too late and they are stuck in a lot of anger, a lot of resentment, and they want to, you know, quote unquote, fix it, which by the way, I hate that word, fix it. But yes, there's something to troubleshooting, I guess, early on or looking for those red flags early on right. in order to be more proactive. And those are, at least for me, the types of couples that I like to work with when they come in. Not to say I can't with the other individuals, but people come when it's, it's you know, in my opinion, too late. So I just finished the Gottman level two training. So I have this in my mind with all the rich information um, as far as treating couples that I could share as well. But we're going to start out with our quotes like we generally do with our, our show. So you have a quote today? Yeah. My quote is, when you notice someone does something toxic the first time, don't wait for the second time before you either address it or cut them off. And then it continues on, many survivors are used to the, quote, wait and see tactic, which only leaves them vulnerable to a second attack. As your boundaries get stronger, the wait time gets shorter. Mm -hmm. And what that makes me think of is probably one thing that a lot of people in relationships who are trying to get through things people like to give advice a lot of people like to give their their two cents and you know when he does that you do this or you know when this happens you should try that and one piece of advice that i received and i know i bought into it cuz it makes sense but it's not good in relationships as far as i'm concerned is and you got to pick and choose your battles, you know? I mean, come on. And I don't believe in that philosophy. I think if it's something that warrants, and again, it's a strong word battle, but like if there's something that bothers you, you need to address it and not just, you know, because again, nobody likes conflict. At least nobody should like conflict. And if you do, that, that's another whole, I guess, you know, <laughs> issue we could talk about. But if the person is worth a conflict or the issue is worth a conflict, then yeah, you know, have the conflict, but then resolve it. And I think that's a big problem. That was a big problem with me and my past relationships. And I think that's a problem a lot of people have today. 
Well, there's conventional wisdom that comes in the pick your battles, stay together for the kids, a lot of cultural and religious beliefs that come in, don't believe in divorce or separation. So that's all impinging someone's belief system. But a lot of people are conflict avoiders, and that's the biggest, I guess, faux pas in a relationship. Now, I think that, I guess, sometimes the picking the battles, like, okay, you're really going to fight over that toothbrush. I mean, although there's generally more to it than just that toothbrush, but people do not communicate. They're often avoidant, and then it just builds and builds and builds, and then there's more resentment, and then people have a negative view or a negative sentiment override about their partner, and it just builds, and that's hard to shift. Once someone has that negative view, it's very difficult to shift. So my quote is similar to a degree. It does not have an author. I don't know who wrote this, but best relationship is where yesterday's fight does not stop today's communication. So managing conflict is fine. Conflict is healthy in a relationship. Um, When people say we never fight, that's, you know, I take pause like, really? Does that mean you're not telling them about what you don't like or disagree? And if you do it effectively, the communicating, you don't hold a resentment the next day and you don't, you know, enact revenge the next day because you had that fight last night and it doesn't get in the way. And oftentimes, I know I've had this experience where I, I feel closer with that person once I had that discussion, that hard discussion. Yeah, you feel well, a connection to that person, it, even it, if it's family or friends, it, it doesn't have to be. It boils down to what I see, you know, a lot as a teacher and as, you know, growing up and just, you know, throughout my life, most of the time, if you get into I'm going to say a physical fight, but a fight conflict with somebody who may be a bit of a antagonist in your life. A lot of times after it's, it's all resolved or it, you have more respect for that person because they didn't put up with your crap and you didn't put up with theirs and you see where they're coming from. You might still might not be best friends, but you have a, a general respect for that person. And so when you, I guess, when you transition that into a relationship, you know, with an argument or, you know, a debate or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Again, you don't want to be with somebody, again, I I know I don't, uh, with somebody that you could just push around or just caters to your every whim because that, that gets annoying. That gets old quick. People think they want that. People do women. Well, I want this nice guy. I want, you know, I want this person to be this way, but then that's you. I think, I think a lot of people lose respect for that individual right if they're a kiss ass or they just are constantly catering to your whim and you're on this pedestal which i think is is great to a degree but as long as there's some i don't know like respect for the other person you have to have respect for the other person yeah you want somebody who challenges you and who challenges you not to just belittle you but like to make you think about Okay, well, why do you think this way? And maybe and and to to consider a different perspective, and then to make you a better version of who you are because you're you're you know they challenge you on on where you're coming from, and then make you think about oh wait why do yeah mm-hmm. that is a good point why am I well thinking that way or doing that well I think there's a lot of steps so the Gottmans have this sound relationship house so we're, I'm looking at it with you right now it's like the the foundation has to be there right like they you have to have that respect for the other person in order to hear their point of view. Because if you have all of this stuff, this negative you know, sentiment, it's really hard to hear that person's point of view because you're so angry and hurt. But there has to be a friendship. So knowing each other's world, building love maps, 
knowing what the other person's background, you know, was like as far as childhood. There's games for this on the Gottman card decks on uh, Google Play Store and I believe the iStore. And it's really fun. You can make these things really fun, even if you're not in therapy, because maybe there's things you learn, even if you've been together for 30 years, there's things you learn about this person. What is this person's fondest childhood memory or best friend in high school or something or you learn like about, that? You learn something about yourself too. You learn maybe. about yourself. Like you could questions you think about. Like we, you know, we did that once. We we did the game once for, you know, the uh, love maps game. But that also builds the friendship and sharing fondness and admiration. So when you have these arguments, it's really hard to, to validate the other person's feelings because you're, you're ready to jump in and say, yes, but and you want to say your point of view. So one of the exercises is a mirroring technique. Do you remember we did, we did that? Remember I showed you that one? What I heard you say was, and oh, then yes, I would say yes, it back to yes, you, yes. and then I would say, is there more about that? So what that? You're sa- you, you said this, but what I'm hearing or what, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what I heard you say, and that's really all you do. And by the way, that's so powerful with all of us as humans because we want to be heard, not necessarily agreed with. We could talk about plants and I could feel heard. Like it doesn't have to be some, you know, content rich dialogue. It could just be, oh, okay, so... Dr. Rafa, you really like orchids. Yes, I really like orchids. Is there more about that? Yes. I've had them for many years and I know how to water them. Oh, you know how to water this. So you just go back and forth with, this is what I heard you say, without interjecting an opinion, without interjecting a should, without a problem solving. And so many people have a hard time with that. And you actually feel heard and all warm and gooey inside when someone actually reflects back. Okay, so here's a slow pitch softball question. What makes a healthy relationship? (laughs) Such a loaded question, you know? It is. I wish I could box it up and sell it. That would be cool. Like, do XYZ take this product and all of these things? The formula. The formula, yeah, the magic elixir. That would be cool. So I think what I had mentioned before about shared fondness and admiration, people aren't friends. <laughs> having fun together, laughing. That's actually one of the exercises is in couples therapy is having fun together. And sometimes you have to reflect back to when you first met, because that's hopefully the time when you had fun. You can act silly. You can be a child. You can do things that are reminiscent of your relationship. But friendship is so important. Having that positive perspective of the person, you know, is great. There's an exercise with adjectives you go through and you circle the adjectives because sometimes people don't say this enough. They don't say thank you or what I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate you. They do not. They do not say that. That's also a good at the end of the day, you know, like three things that you thank that person for that day or appreciate because that's, of course, a love language, right? Verbal affirmation, positive affirmation. For me, one thing that I think that, that I've come to find that is more important is to not be afraid of conflict or not be you know, avoidant of it at all costs. Learn how to have an argument and, you know, think about it. If you're never going to argue with your partner, that's ridiculous. There's something wrong. That's, yeah, yeah there's ridiculous. something wrong there. You can't you know? agree. You're two separate people. You cannot agree on everything all the time. You yeah. have different histories, different outlooks. Yeah. There's no way. And, you know, as long as you, I think people like put this tag on fighting, like, oh, all they do is fight all the time. Okay, well. Right. It doesn't have to be Mr. Which, and Mrs. Smith which, fighting. But that is it. <laughs> okay. So if nothing is resolved, then that's not good. No. But if there's things that are resolved, if you learn more about the other person, if you're open-minded, both of you, and you get through and you can, you know, then that's not a bad thing. But then I think you'll find if you, I guess, fight the right way, and if you want to call it fighting, but I call it just, you know, squabble, the quarrel, debating, then you're going to do it less, you know, not, not as often because you are going to have a better understanding of each other. But 
ignoring it just causes resentment. It definitely causes resentment. And then it causes the negative sentiment override and the four horsemen of being critical, being contemptuous, stonewalling, and defensive. So when you try to have these discussions after you're already heated and flooded, it goes nowhere. And you just scream at each other or you're ter- you bring out the file cabinet of what you know that person did 10 years ago. So conflict isn't bad. It's the way that you fight that can be unhealthy for sure. And looking at issues that might be perpetual issues that aren't solvable, but maybe at the very least you can have a compromise or see someone else's point of view and having seeing what the value is behind this ask. Because usually there's something meaningful behind what you're arguing about. I think another, and again, I kind of alluded to this with the you know, bad advice, you know, pick and choose your battles. When you're asking for advice, I think many times people ask for advice of friends who are in relationships and they look at them. They've been married for 10 years. They seem so happy and so wonderful. I mean, I scroll through Facebook and look at their family and look how happy they are. I'm going to ask them to help me with my troubled relationship. And one, you don't know what's really going on. Oh, behind closed doors. Yeah. And, and, you know, so people present their positive. Yeah. And, and like they don't, they're not the oracle. I mean, but okay, you want to take advice from them, fine, but take it with everything with a grain of salt. And you know what? Their advice might work for them, but it might not, you know, your partner is different than his or her partner, right? Yeah. People like to take those Cosmo quizzes and have quick fixes or even with therapy, right? They come in, like I said, oftentimes when they're in the the conflict stage, when they want to fix it, they put all all of its riding on therapy, make it or break it on you, Dr. Rafa, (laughs) to otherwise, you know, we're getting divorced or whatever. Well, that's a lot of pressure, obviously, for everyone. But there is, there's no quick fix and people, how long do I have to be in therapy for? Well, I don't know a year? Like how long you had this problem for? It's not going to be three sessions or even 12 and you're done. Depends how much work the person wants to do. Just having people hear each other and validate each other and do the interventions of um, mirroring could take five sessions. Like I have had such difficult people try to do this. It takes 45 minutes just to do that exercise. So say if you're in a bad relationship and you're not happy with your partner and your partner may, I don't know what your problem is. I'm I'm fine. Everything's cool. Yeah, yeah. Go to therapy, fix yourself. Okay, yeah. So that person who isn't happy in their relationship, if they go to into therapy, are they going to be... It will help them, but it's not going to help them as much as they the, the couple gets into therapy together. Yeah. So I can do some work with people individually about their relationship. And I tell them you can only do so much. And I, I still use these interventions, CBT interventions or Gottman level interventions. I advise that they do go to see someone. My recommendation is always go to someone with evidence-based training, but people put barriers in place like, well, I only want to go through insurance or it's too expensive or my partner doesn't want to go. So I try my best. I'll give them questionnaires. I'll, I'll do what I can. Or that person may then have to make a decision as to what's a deal breaker. Now, the one thing that would be a deal breaker is domestic violence, like characterological domestic violence. Like you have to absolutely get that person out of that situation. But there's interventions for people with affairs. There's intervention with substance abuse or people that have PTSD or major depressive disorder. But it's it's very limiting when they come in individually. And that we see that the most. Absolutely. People coming in individually, particularly women who have relationship issues where their partner refuses to come in or they don't want to have couples therapy. They're afraid of it. Who, who the they? the patient. Oh, okay. The individual patient, yeah. Oh, so they're like, they won't even ask their partner. 
Because yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not, no, no I know no, what he's no, going to no. say. Yeah, because he or she is so resistant or just like, no, no, no. It's a, Or they buy into the, it's a me problem. It's a me problem because that's what my partner told me. Yeah. And I bought into it. And I, I think that's it. another problem a lot of people have, knowing their self-worth in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're told in a relationship that, you know, you're lucky to have me. Oh, yeah. I'm the best thing never happened. You're never to you. gonna find anybody better. Yeah, and 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 just count your lucky stars and you know, just shut up and be happy. You know, or you know, you're you understand that you're nothing without me. Or or like and again, it's a yeah. mind, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't you know, shouldn't say, but you know, it, it, is. it it's, is. It's 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 and it's it's people like it's like almost like you know brainwashing. Yeah, it is that person. Well, I, I look, I can't generalize and say, okay, if your partner doesn't want to go to therapy, leave, there's something wrong. But it is concerning. Like, okay, this person doesn't want to work on it with you, then that's concerning. And oftentimes you need a third party to help manage this because you haven't learned from your family of origin a healthy relationship and how to how to have conflict. I know in our day, they had that mentality back in the 80s, 70s, 80s. Don't fight in front of the kids. Fight behind closed doors. Still happened, but... Yeah, it totally did. Well, yeah. Our house was very small, so that wasn't it an option. It still happened, right. Right. Or you didn't get to really see how people manage conflict and how they got through it and how they made, you know, made it work. But that's so important is accepting your partner's influence, having a dialogue about your problems. And if you're so flooded where your heart rate is 100 beats per minute and you're an emotional mind. You cannot be productive with anyone because you're in defensiveness. You're just, you know, childlike. You have to walk away and come back, do some self-soothing, come back and then have that discussion. People struggle with this because the other person can look at it as abandonment. Well, he just walked out because he was a raving lunatic. Well, that's probably a good thing. Like, it doesn't mean he abandoned you. Make sure you come back and have a discussion when you're both calm because I promise you it will not go anywhere when you're both raving lunatics. You know, it's- I don't, I've never seen it go well. No. <laughs> Two raving lunatics, not really. I think, you know, there are certain, I think of catchphrases. And again, maybe in movies and television, but also just from when you hear different people tell you their tale of woe, you know, obviously you've heard enough. And I mean, just friends and family talk to me about certain things, but, and everybody, you know, understands. There are certain catchphrases and arguments that come up once in a while. And like, there's, okay, so here's one. You're going to leave me? What are you going to do if you leave me? You know what I mean? Or or here's another one. It was just that one time I was thinking of you the whole time, you know, like just certain, certain catchphrases and you're just like, you know. Cliche, it's not you, it's me. It's not you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not not you, it's me. Yeah, you know, if I'm leaving you. Yeah, Yeah, I need some space. Right. Well, I think that's another one. I mean, I think the space thing. So let's talk about that. Like, you know, too many times people don't think of themselves as individuals in a relationship. And they have to remember that they are still who they are. And that doesn't, like, they are not defined by their marriage or their relationship. And young people, I think young people, meaning like 20 or teenagers, obviously 20 year olds have a really hard time. They're so madly in love with that individual and she completes me. And and yeah, they're in that infatuation stage. I've seen, I've seen. In high school, you've seen. I've seen, and I'm sorry, I have to say this. I'm going to generalize. (laughs) It's, I haven't seen one guy think this way, but like, it's mostly a girl thing. As soon as they get out of a relationship, whether they were, uh, the guy broke up with her or just didn't work out or, or he cheated or whatever, and it's over. They're looking for that reap. Who's, I cannot be by myself. Oh, I yeah. cannot be single. I have to, I got to find, I got to latch on to another guy mm-hmm. to be with him, to call him my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I have to. 
young women can do that. They define themselves by their relationship. And a lot of women, even as they go through life, they, you know, have you seen these these women where all of a sudden they just leave after like 30 years and they're like, they need to find themselves, kind of like a midlife crisis, but not really, because they've always been in a relationship and define themselves as mom, as wife, as caretaker. And then they're like, wait a minute, I never had any individuality. And men, men can do this as well, but um, I see it more because more women come into the practice than men for therapy, that they just, their identity wrapped up in their role as a caretaker. I think society has duped women to lie to themselves more than I think men lie to themselves. I'm not saying men, there there aren't men that aren't brainwashed to think a certain way and, and aren't true to themselves. But I think there's a lot of that where as far as their self-worth goes, they just placate to a certain norm that they feel like, whether it's you know, their mother tells them, this is what you do and just you just shut up and do what he says. And this is the lot we're given in life. Or they minimize it. Well, he doesn't beat you, so yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> your father used to beat me. I never told you that, but just be happy. He yeah. puts a roof over your head, and you know he's and, a provider. Right. Yeah. So a lot of people make that mistake when they're avoidant, like I said, and they don't really have a sense of I or, or self. So a healthy relation in a healthy relationship, each partner would respect that. Hey, I really want to go on a girl trip. I really want to go have a night off tonight, and you know, just be alone, or I need to be alone tonight to go to the gym, whatever. And the other person doesn't feel abandoned or give them a hard time or make them feel guilty. They take it as an opportunity to maybe do something themselves individually or even know how important it is because they have shared values and shared meaning about that, about self-care and individuality. I've seen this work. What's that? Where people can do that. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you know, you want the other person, you know, to be happy and have other things and, you know, that are are important to their life, except for them. You know, if if I'm with somebody and it's like, without me, you're nothing. Oh God, you know? (laughs) Yeah, like that's, <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. That's, that puts a lot of pressure on me, babe. I don't, I don't like that, you know. Like yeah. seriously, right, right. And you are my world, and it's all, you know, it's all romanticized and all that. But then again, I wouldn't want somebody that is like I'm coercing them to come over and guilting them, and they really want to go and have a night off or do something with their with their guy friends. I mean, right. that's crazy. I wouldn't want that. Right. It's very needy. And then at, you think you want that? Maybe women would say, "I want this nice guy, this guy that's I'm, you know, I'm his everything." and I'm on the pedestal. Well, women lose respect. Men may too, you know, for these types of individuals where they're so needy or they're so desperate. And, you know, it's just you generally lose respect. I don't know. I, again, I haven't seen that where it's lasted for a long time. So trust and commitment is super important in a relationship and building that. And all of these components, managing conflict, sharing fondness and admiration, building love maps, making life dreams come true will help the friendship and the trust. And that's where you have a more of a secure foundation. Do you have any more questions? Um, you want to go celebrate Father's Day? Yeah. You know <laughs> what? I mean, it's it's yeah. Sunday. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. We're going to cut this one short. I think everybody, we don't have any games. We don't have any games. Yeah. Well, well now that it's the summer, we have a little more free time to create some games and yeah. dedicate some more time to podcast production, right? So as always, thanks for listening to our show. Catch all of our episodes and more at www.innerbalancepsychology.com or talktherapycbt.com. Email us if you have any questions at info at And remember to stop it and give yourself a chance.